right, welcome back, everybody. We roll till 6 o'clock. Coming up a little later on here, uh, Wolfgang will join the show. But, Trent, let's kind of get into what we saw again in the NFL draft. A uh, relatively new audience joining us here at 5 o'clock. So, I mean, look, I... I was caught off guard that the two Iowa players did not go in the first round, went in the second. I was surprised that Lazard was not taken in the draft at all. So I I think from all of that, um, I found it to be interesting. I mean, from the local angle, I found it to be interesting. Look, it, it, it was an incredible draft. I mean, it held my attention like you couldn't believe because teams were sliding up and down like it was going out of style. But from a local angle, it just caught me a little bit off guard with those players. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's something where you look at things individually. And we talked a lot Friday about you know, the two guys dropping into the second round. We saw them go Friday night and Joshua Jackson and, and James. Daniels, but mm-hmm. not a shocker by any means. I, I'm still shocked about Alan Lazard. I, I am. I, I, you look at what he ran, his 40 time that he did, the productivity yep. that he had, two different coaching staffs, a run-based offense, though you know they run out of the spread. We're not talking Texas Tech here. We're, they're not chucking around 60 times a game. <laughs> and, and he was still able to have the productivity that he had. I, I don't know, Jimmy B. You know, looking back upon it now, would it have made more sense for him at the next level to make a move to tight end? I know it had been widely speculated about for his future in the NFL. I, I guess more than anything, he's just looked at as a tweener. Pe- people look at that frame and could be, and they're not sure if he can be a guy that can get separation at that level. But I, it, it really was surprising to not be. Tra- it's not that he dropped. It's not that he was sixth, seventh round, something like right. that. Yeah. It's that he wasn't drafted at all. Just that that one absolutely. That was the most surprising of everything. I think over the weekend. I, I agree with you 100%. Absolutely. Look, I think he's got. I think he's in a good spot uh, going to Jacksonville, and uh, he will be. I think their biggest receiver on the team. And I think you made a good point where teams aren't really sure yet if he is going to play wide out or if he is going to pack on some pounds and move to tight end. And I don't think we're going to know that until he gets into a Jacksonville Jaguar training camp and they start to do their evaluations. Look, you and I, we saw enough of him. We know he can play, and he can play at the next level. And the point that I think will have to be the most important for Alan Lazard is is to go in with that chip on your shoulder and dominate when your name is called. As I referenced before, you got Blake Bortles throwing. I mean, you really don't know where the ball's going to be. You don't know if it's going to be behind you, above your head, down on the ground when he when it comes out of his hand. So Lazard could be a real, I, I guess, I don't want to say a meal ticket because we're not going to know that for a while, but he could be an important piece in maybe what Jacksonville wants to do when they're inside the 20-yard line, being able to throw it up in the air and let the kid go get it. Got to be able to get separation, though. It's different collegiately in yep, the NFL. I agree. I mean, yep. it's it's not just about going up and getting it. It's a lot more at the NFL level than just out-athleting everybody because, well, there are great athletes up and down the roster. Great athletes. And, and yeah. so that's going to make it a little bit more difficult. Lazar not taken, obviously no Joe Lanning, and really all the guys that we had speculated about. Now, neither of us thought that Lanning was going to be drafted, but he ends up right. signing down in Dallas. 
Jimmy B, do you, do you give him a chance of, of making the roster right away? I, I know you like I, the flexibility that he has. I it, do. It's not yeah. going to be as a full-time linebacker you wouldn't anticipate right away, but do you think there's enough there that he can stick right away? I, I think that he'll probably be a practice squad player, and which is not a bad thing. We've seen guys go to the practice squad and then go on to uh, have great NFL careers. So I think that he'll probably get a practice squad opportunity unless, Trent, and you know how this happens, unless there's some injuries that take place in training camp or in NFL exhibition games in August, and it changes the entire dynamic. So I... I think that he'll be a practice squad guy, and if he gets time on the field, my guess will be on special teams as a uh, as a cover guy on kickoffs. That would be my guess uh, to begin his career. But he's he's a talented athlete. That's probably why Dallas signed him. Also, Campos from Iowa State went there as well as as an offensive lineman. Um, let's go now to the Iowa guys. Did you like Josie Jewell getting the uh, selection with the Denver Broncos? Because I did. Yeah, I, and uh, Ken filled us in a little bit deeper earlier today on the on the program from noon until two. Denver a good spot for him, an opportunity yep. to uh, have some playing time right away. They got two middle linebackers, but after that, not a ton of depth. So you'd anticipate he's a guy with a great chance of not just making the squad. But seeing some playing time right away, and 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 I think Josie Jewell, you're going to see right away. He's a guy that's going to show up a lot better on the football field than he will at the combine, at, at pro day, things like that. You're going to find out right away that he's a football player, and he'll be making plays. So yeah, a good destination for him. You go to a great organization that's been well run for years and years and years. That's a good thing too. So a great landing spot there. I think he's going to uh, make a nice impact right away in his rookie season. But and you know, we talked about Al Lazar and the surprise that he didn't get drafted. I don't think as surprising, but Akron Wadley not going. That that one, yeah. I figured somebody yeah. would, would take a flyer on him 6th, 7th round at the very least. He'd get an opportunity mm-hmm. as a draftable guy. He's going to have to go a different route. He picked a great situation, though, because after Derrick Henry, there's a big opportunity there. They signed Deion Lewis in Tennessee, but after that, just not a whole lot to be nervous about. I think Wadley has a real nice chance of making uh, making that roster. I think he picked the right team to sign that uh, free agent contract. I b- agree with you from the running back situation. Once again, though, the, the, the key is, is he going to be a guy who's like a third down back? Uh, that sort of scenario for him uh, when he first begins in the NFL. Uh, that's, of course, if he makes the team. But I was with you. I, I thought Wadley would be a, a late pick, five, six, seven, somewhere in there. And I was surprised that uh, that he never heard his name called either, Trent. That kind of caught me off guard as well. So uh, a couple other Hawkeyes uh, that heard their uh, got their name called as well as terms of free agent tryouts. A couple of different avenues that's going to be happening there. Uh, you have Sean Welsh going to Washington. Think uh, he's got an opportunity, maybe to carve out a niche. And talking with Scott Dockerman earlier today, he mentioned that uh, he might have to move inside, show a little versatility, work on being a center. And Ben Neiman down in Kansas City, I I, I really yeah. like Ben Neiman. He's another guy that I thought you could hear his name called, but I think he found a good spot in Kansas City who's searching for defensive help. Did you see their draft, Jimmy B? Of course, didn't have a first rounder after uh, right. trading it away last year to get Pat Mahomes. All six of their selections all on the defensive side. I did see that. And look, they, they know where their weakness is. 
Um, and so that is the direction that they went for in the draft. And so we will look, I, I think Kansas City is going to be a very interesting team with Mahomes now getting the full time start at quarterback and just to see what happens with that offense. And if indeed now they do take more shots down the field. And you're right about what they did on draft day and even in free agency uh, going after uh, defensive guys. So I, I'm, I'm still I'm still up in the air on Kansas City. Too early for me until I get a chance to kind of watch what they're tr- attempting to do, Trent, before I can really get uh, locked in on what we're going to see offensively and defensively out of that team. Yeah, I'm not uh, buying certainly stock right now in Kansas City. I no, think the best team no. of that division is the L.A. Chargers. What they uh-huh. have now in their defensive backfield is and at an elite level, I, I love what they've been doing, building over there. Phillip Rivers, I still am a Phillip Rivers fan, so I right now had the Chargers at the top of that division, but still a long ways to go before we'll be making those predictions and getting in there. A couple other uh, free agents, Boo Myers, going to get a tryout, couple of tryouts with the Ravens and the Colts, so he'll get a couple of looks. And Ike Bucker, he's uh, going out to Buffalo, chance to yeah. protect the, the backside there of your boy Josh Allen. Uh, look at the uh, great wings. Trust me, trust me, Ike. Great wings there. It's where it all began. But look, uh, anytime a guy gets a look, that's all you can ask for, Trent. When you're not drafted and you're not signed uh, as a free agent, but you but you get a call and they say we want to take a look at you, man. Oh man, you got to be there with bells on, and you got to be able to walk through that door and impress the coaches immediately in order to get that invite the training camp. So I wish him well on that. We'll uh, take a break here. We got Wolfgang stopping by, going to deep uh, dig a little bit deeper into the draft with him, and we'll come back and get ready for the night in sports, what we're watching for this evening. Take it up until 6 o'clock tonight, Jimmy B and TC. We're presented by Christopher's Fine Jewelry. Today, the last day of April, that means your last chance to get a great deal on an engagement ring. Stop on out to Christopher's Fine Jewelry, Merle Hay Road in Des Moines. We're taking a break. Back with more on the other side. It's Jimmy B and TC. Welcome back once again. Jimmy B and TC with you until 6 o'clock tonight. We kick things off here with our man Wolfgang, who checks in on Fridays and Mondays, talking everything going on in the local scene and the national scene as well, whatever's rattling around in the mind of Wolfgang. What's happening, Wolfie? Got a question for you. Do you mind if I start it or do you want to start it? No, no, take it away. Trent Condon, six foot five, two hundred and twenty seven pounds, from Urbandale. Stud recruit. I was offering you Iowa State, Michigan, Ohio State, USC, UCLA, uh, you know, wherever. Mm-hmm. Where are you going? If I'm that guy that you are insinuating. LSU made a lot of sense, I thought, at the time. That was, if I had one circled, that was the one that I had. Now, quarterback play over the last four years didn't prove to be very good at LSU. But when Alan Lazard... Yeah, no, now that seems weird. You said LSU? Yeah, yeah. Of the off, That was the one that put guys into the league at that position at a very good rate. Okay, okay. They, they, they just seemed, out of everybody at the time, to make the most sense. Now, this is, what, five years ago that, that he was making that choice. But five years ago, I thought LSU was the best destination for him. 
Now that's an interesting take. I can't poo-poo that because I don't, I can't remember. But it just seems like LSU can't get a quarterback. Why would you want to go to a place that can't get a quarterback? That seems weird to me. Because even without a quarterback, they're still putting wide receivers in the league. Okay, so you're looking at it as who's going to take me to the league? Who's going to get me there? Right. Okay. Yep. That's. I mean, I understand that. I do. I don't. I'm trying to think what were his other. Big, big, big time offers. It seemed like he could go wherever he wanted. If I'm that guy, if I'm six five, and I'm whatever he weighed at the time, now he's I think he's two twenty seven. Um, we're talking about Lazard. If people are wondering mm-hmm. from Iowa State, who did not get drafted, who did not get drafted. If you would have told me four years ago, Trent, that Lazard would not get drafted in the NFL, I would have said you're a joke. You're, you're. I mean, I saw him play high school. I saw him play college. How did this guy not get drafted? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm looking right here at his offer list. Now, one time he did have an LSU offer, and now looking at his final list, he didn't have an offer from Michigan, Ohio State, too, that you mentioned. He didn't yeah. end up having one from LSU. His final, his final list that all have offers from, at least according to 24-7 and from rivals, was, of course, Iowa State, Iowa, Cal, Nebraska, Oregon, Stanford, and Notre Dame. Oregon, Stanford, Notre Dame. How are they? Are they any good? All, all very good. And Notre Dame, maybe that, that was, you know, that was talked about a lot. That was the only other place that he took an official visit to was Notre Dame. Okay. And yet okay. Bob, Bob Elliott was there at the time, you know, the connection to the state of Iowa. So both Iowa State and Iowa guys. So maybe that makes a little bit of sense there. I know Notre Dame was a big conversation piece. And obviously, at least looking here, he took an off, or a visit there at the very least. So those are really the options. And, and the options at that time, maybe they weren't quite as good as, I guess, at least my memory was of what he had. Notre Dame. And who were the other two schools you said? Oregon, Stanford, Nebraska. Oregon, I mean, Oregon, Cal. are you kidding me right now? Stanford, are you joking? I mean, Oregon, Stanford and Oregon have been great for a long time. Notre Dame, unbelievable program. Iowa, I mean, crazy good program that puts players in the NFL, and this is where I go snob on you. Snob, big time. I root for Iowa State. I want them to be significant because I'm a Hawkeye fan. I'm also an Iowa fan, a fan of the teams in the state. But if you sit here and look at Iowa State or you look at Iowa, there is no respect for Iowa State. And you sit here and look at how many players have been drafted. Is it 2014, Trent? Zero from Iowa State. Mm-hmm. You're the one Power 5 freaking program in the nation that has zero since then. Kansas, the worst program in Power 5 or close to it, has three. At what point do we just say, no, people aren't just picking on us. No, they're not just picking on us, Iowa State fans. Or are they? Maybe they are. Maybe they, I, I have a hard time believing, Trent, that these people, if they think a player is good enough from Iowa State, they're not going to draft them. Why would they not want to get better? We all say, if there's a player out there, they'll find them. Well, will they? I don't know. I feel like Lazard deserves to be in the NFL. But if we're sitting there looking this, at this you know, truthfully, should he have just decided long ago to gain another 20 pounds and run a 4-6, I think he ran a 4-5-5, I believe, or mm-hmm. something close to that, and just be a tight end. Be a tight end. Yeah. I mean, yeah. had he gone to Iowa, we know what they would have put him at. Mm-hmm. We know. Am I wrong? Did he just cost himself millions of dollars like the wide receiver from Indianola 
Um, who am I thinking of? Um, white guy from Indiana a number of years ago. I thought would have made the NFL easily had he gone to Iowa. He decided to go to Iowa State. You know, I just at some point you have to decide, is this team, is this program going to get me to where I want to be? Kirk Ferris, as much as you maybe want to crap on him or not, I think you like him. Like You're like me, I believe. Um, and I think you're worried a little bit about the transition to the next coach because we've had now Hayden Fry, Iowa has, and now we've got Iowa has Kirk Ferris. Unbelievable. Two Hall of Fame coaches, I believe. I know there are people out there, if you go to the message boards, think Kirk stinks. He doesn't stink. No. And he, what he does is he takes guys, builds them up through Chris Doyle or whoever. He just puts people around him that are great. That's what he does and gets them to the NFL. I'm telling you right now, if Alan Lazard was at Iowa, he'd be in the NFL right now, probably a second or third round pick. Well, and, and it's a conversation that's been had a lot. You know, he, he was, at, at the time, after a year or two, people thought, man, maybe he would kind of build into that. You know, my, my partner over the noon hour, Ken Miller, he's been a longtime proponent that he's always believed that's what he should have done, that that was the best chance and the best opportunity for him to be at the next level was to do that, and he decided to not to, to. To become a tight end. Oh, God. I agree. Do you not agree with that? He didn't have blazing speed. Nobody's ever thought he had blazing speed. Um, I know Iowa State fans, it's weird. If you, if you talk to Iowa State fans, and I, we don't, I don't watch it as closely as hardcore Cyclone fans do. Just as nobody watches Hawkeye football or basketball as hard as you do or I do. or They just don't. So we sit there and watch it, and they actually poo-poo uh, Lazard a little bit with his drop back. It's, it's a little weird how they get down on him. So maybe they're right. Maybe he isn't it, and then of all talent, but they're getting mad now saying, why wasn't, you know, why wasn't he drafted, blah, blah, blah. If he's good enough, those guys are going to pick him up. They're going to pick him up. And to me, Blythe. Blythe was the guy I was looking for. Todd Blythe, yeah. you know, Yep. Don't you think he, if he was at Iowa, he would have made the NFL? Uh, I mean, don't think so. you, you don't know if he has the frame to build that weight. You don't know what he is as a blocker. I mean, it's, there, there's a lot more than just, oh, he's, got a big, he's, he's tall, so he's automatically going to become a t- good tight end. I mean, it's not, it's not as simple as just that. Now, obviously, the opportunity, I think, would have been better because we know how it turned out as a wide receiver, and there was no What do you mean by that? So we're not, okay, I'm not being a Hawkeye homer. I want Mr. Radio Guy to say, why would the opportunity be better for a Lazard of life? Somebody well, for Blake, because we know it never happened. For, for Blake, it never happened. So you're taking a guy that, that was incredibly unproductive and has a six foot five frame, and you give him a better shot than what we know it happened wide receiver, because nothing happened to wide receiver. So the shot has to be better than zero. That's what I'm getting at. And we know that Alan Lazard wasn't drafted, so that's a zero. And if you, over the last two years, build him up and add some size to that frame and work on the blocking, well, it's got to be better than zero that he's drafted as a tight end. Yeah, and, and I would ask people that think they're rolling their eyes at me or you or both of us or, you know, whatever. I would ask you to ask yourself, when you saw Alan Lazard play high school, or maybe even his freshman or sophomore year, what percentage chance did you guys believe that think I'm dumb or Trent's dumb or Hawkeye fans are idiots or whatever? What percentage chance did you think Lazard would not make the NFL? Ask me that. Ask me that he wouldn't get drafted. He got. He didn't even get drafted. That is pathetic, man. That is freaking pathetic. 
I, I would have put the percentage chance of him not being drafted at, I don't know. Hey, sophomore year. Let's go sophomore year. 5%? I know. It's ridiculous. Right, right. This is the, this feels like a miss. This is more shocking to me than Akron Wadley. Akron Wadley not getting drafted. I know there are Hawkeye fans that are up in arms about that. Akron Wadley, Wadley has a great skill set, but those guys are they're a dime a dozen. But you don't find guys like Alan Lazard with that size, with that productivity. Look at the numbers that Lazard was able to put up. Yeah, I want some numbers. Yeah, do you have them there? Yeah, yeah. Last year, yeah. 71 catches, 940 yards, 10 touchdowns. The year before, 69 catches, over 1,000 yards, 7 touchdowns. As a sophomore, over 800 yards, 56 catches, 6 touchdowns. Over his career, he catches 241 balls, 3,360 yards receiving, 14-yard average, and 26 touchdowns. And that guy can't get drafted? So can you tell me, and I should know this. And he's not playing in the Texas Tech offense. <laughs> he, he's, he, he's not. I mean, we're, we're not talking about numbers that are just, this is not a system guy. Look at Matt Campbell's offense. What it's built around is predicated on running the football first. Not throwing the football, running the football. And he's still putting these numbers out over the last two years. This is incredible. This is a Thank jaw you. on the floor, shocked. And, and I'm not shocked very much anymore, Wolfgang. This was shocking. And I agree. And I don't know. I'm trying to look at the other side. You know, I'm trying to say, well, if I wasn't rooting for all the teams in Iowa, am I just being a, you know, I got my teams back, I got my states back. I'm trying to look at it that way. I don't think I'm looking at it that I'm I'm trying to see all sides here, and I'm looking at it going, how do you not draft him? I mean... I, I just I don't get it. I, four five five. Some, yep. Some people don't run well. Watch him on the field. This drives me insane. Just absolutely insane. And is this a, how bad is this for Iowa State? Because as a, you know, as a fan of the in-state schools, Trent, I sit here and look at the team, and I go, man, I think we just have much more respect for Iowa State's program, the Hawkeye fans do, than the national media because. Iowa fans know what Iowa State is capable of. We see it. We've seen it since, is it 1997, Trent? Mm-hmm. What year was that? Or 90, whatever, whatever year that was. We've seen it. It's basically 50-50 between Iowa and Iowa State. So when Iowa loses to Iowa State, the nation laughs. The nation freaking laughs. And so they're slowly starting to get a taste of what Iowa State is, and they're beating teams they shouldn't beat on you know, quote-unquote, they're beating teams they shouldn't beat. So, this, you know, the nation is slowly starting to get what we've seen in Iowa, and it's kind of fun to watch a little bit, do you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But they're, they're slow to come. I mean, it's going to take a while until the national media and fans actually go, wow, they beat Iowa State, that's a good win. We know it's a good win. Trent Condon knows beating Iowa State is a pretty damn good win, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. So a lot of the nation doesn't know that yet. So it's it's fun to watch this come around a little bit. And you brought up Akram Wadley. So let's talk about that. Yeah. I totally agree with you. It's it's much more of a stunner with um, Lazard. I agree. But I will sit there and look at Akram Wadley. I mean, he's one of the best running backs in Iowa I've ever seen. And I sit there and look at that, and he's a game changer. He's a game breaker. He's like, look at that. You That spin move he does It's just insanely sick. Well, he only ran, what, a 4 5 4 40? Wink, wink. Yes. What a yeah. joke that stuff is. You think he's a 4 5 4 guy? 
when you watch him on the field, give me a break. Anybody that has ever seen Akram Wadley go knows he's much faster than five four or uh, excuse me four five four whatever he was in the forty whatever whatever it was. It wasn't. It's not indicative of what we see on the field. That's the crap that drives me crazy. And these player personnel guys, they can't know everything. They can't know everything about Lazard. But you think when I've heard people say Lazard was a fourth rounder or a third rounder, seventh, he couldn't even make a seventh rounder. But I'm looking at Wadley going. This guy can't even be drafted? That guy is that good, and he can't even be drafted. That's, that's a little embarrassing to me, and the, the whole 40-yard dash time, I've told you, I, mean, I can't stand it anymore. It's just a joke. I want to break down the 10-yard dash, the 20, the 15, the you know, 30, whatever. You sit there, and they're talking about Baker Mayfield. He ran a 4.85, Trent. You watch Baker Mayfield. He's faster than a 4.85. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would think so, I, but... All, all that is is one of many things, and, and people just get enamored with it. But then we don't talk about the three-cone drill or the 20-yard shuttle, the 60-yard shuttle, and, and we don't talk about all these other metrics that are out there. It just always goes back to 40 time. It is one of many tools that is used by these yeah, people. Yeah, the tools that use that tool is our tools. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sick of that 40-yard dash time. Give me Baker's 10-yard dash, 15, 20. They act like now he's like an offensive lineman. No, you were saying the exact opposite last year. Oh, he just relies on his athletic ability. And now they're like, his athletic ability is a negative. Okay, you're trying to tell me he's, he's Tom Brady now? No, I watched him play almost every game, and now you're acting like he can't run. His 40-yard dash might suck, but I'm telling you, his 10-yard doesn't suck. His 15, his 20, or, or whatever he does, he jukes or stops, or whatever James Harden does in the NBA, his de, you know, deceleration, acceleration. There's different stuff to this stuff, and they just look at one thing, Trent. It drives me insane. I can't stand it. I'm like, oh, he just relied on his athletic ability last year. Now this year he has no athletic ability. You get where I'm going there? Mm-hmm. I just, it just pisses me off. I don't understand some of these people. And Akram Wadley, you're, you're going to act like that guy, his best quality is his stop, juke, acceleration, de-acceleration. And they're acting like now it's not. Let me tell you what his weakness is, Trent. He's not tough. He's not tough. He'll probably get killed in the NFL. Well, and and a big part of what he is going to be if he makes a team is going to be a third-down type of back, and he's not good at all in pass protection. You have to be able to do that. And, and a part that goes along with that, well, you got to have the size to do it. And, and that goes to a question that, that I still don't know exactly the answer for is mm-hmm. the commitment. You know, how, how much commitment? How many times do we hear Kirk Ferentz talk about, ah, we just need to get him up to 190 pounds? It, I don't think it was ever about the actual 190 pounds. It, it was the commitment, doing what the coaching staff asks of him, putting in the work necessary to get the weight where they want it. It wasn't this magic number that suddenly he was going to become a better running back by being 190 pounds. I think it maybe had something to do with the commitment level because that's something that I've heard people talk about with Akron Wadley at the next level. Is he committed for the grind day in and day out to be an NFL player? You're completely 100% right. Um, Kirk had a problem with him. We weren't quite sure why. Why? Because we watched no. him, you know. We, 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 we made fun of it. We kind of knew. Yeah. I'm not sure if you know where I'm going. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, we, we made fun of it because it was silly. It was, 
Well, who cares if he's 188 pounds versus 190? It doesn't make a lick of difference when you're out there on the field. But when you look deeper at it and you look at the commitment it takes to be at that weight, that's what they wanted to see. That's what they wanted from him. And that's why they continue to needle at it. I, I, I think it's as simple as that. And why were they doing that? For his better. You know, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. so he could, you know, so he's barely one. Do you know what he weighed in at? Close to 190-ish. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and they kept bringing that up. I mean, it was, a, it was a talking point over and over and over and over again. And we're all, like you said, I'm not going to speak for you. I was laughing at that going, he gives a damn about two pounds. You guys are making more of his fumbles than need to be because he doesn't he hasn't fumbled any more in actual games than other people maybe he's doing it that in practice that's fine so i get that practice but practice and games are different and you will hear me say this you know you will get sick of hearing me say this but games are different there are guys that step their game up and there are guys that actually cower under the pressure it's there are different types of personalities and if you don't get that you're not going to get the most out of your team. So that pisses me off a little bit. But, yeah, if, if Kirk is coming out and saying what you said, which he did, something about, yeah, he's got to get to 190, he's got to get to 190, 185, 187, we're all rolling our eyes. Well, he's trying to do that for his best interest. The, as much respect that Kirk Ferris gets from some of these NFL guys, when they read that and they read the quotes on this guy or they go to Kirk and they ask him about a certain player, if Kirk wants somebody drafted, let me tell you something, Trent. They're getting drafted. Mm-hmm. You disagree with that? No, not if, at all. He, not at all. If he says, this is my guy, you need to draft him. If he's a, let's say, so there's seven rounds, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say, well, he's a ninth rounder. There aren't nine rounds. But if Kirk says, I'm telling you guys, this guy needs to be drafted, that dude's getting drafted. That's how much respect that the, the NFL guys, the media, I mean, it's basically an NFL like an Iowa Hawkeye PR machine if you watch the draft. They love Iowa's program. They love Kirk Ferentz. They love Chris Doyle. It's awesome to watch. So those of you you that aren't into the draft, you need to watch it because it's basically like, oh, yeah, that's my program, Iowa. Man, I'll tell you what, this is great to watch because they love the Hawkeyes. They love what we do with our program, and they love the fact that we bring in these two-star, three-star guys, and boom, watch what they develop into. So I can't sit here and say I would want Kirk to go get, get different guys. I don't know. Maybe it would screw up the whole program, Trent, and not having guys that come in with a chip on their shoulder that they see that they can grow. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. I mean, this is this is the way it's worked pretty well throughout the years. Pretty well. And, uh, pretty, you, pretty well. Yes, absolutely. So with that being said, uh, Wolfgang, NFL draft is in the rearview mirror couple other uh, thoughts on, on Josie Jewell. Uh, your thoughts on him going to Denver, playing inside there. Josie Jewell going to stick? Oh, this is another one of those those 40-yard dash time things. Do you remember what he ran? Was it a 4-8-3? Something like that, yep. So something really bad. So we knew he wasn't going to be fast. We maybe hoped that he would maybe time better than that. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually happy that he went in the fourth round. Were you disappointed, or did that not live up to your expectation? What were you thinking on that? No, no, that's right around where I anticipated, yeah. Okay, so I, I, was, I wasn't disappointed. I wasn't happy. Um, maybe more happy than this one. I was like, oh, man, they're going to hate that 40-yard dash time, how they do that, those idiots in the, the NFL, uh, how they do things. But 
with how smart he is, with how much he recognizes stuff before it happens, with how he hits so hard. I mean, it's ridiculous. And there's, I've told you before, Trent, a lot of people like that don't watch NFL and they watch only college. I'm telling you, almost everybody hits like Josie Jill. It's, it's crazy. It's like ridiculous how hard he is. But if he continues to do that, continues to study up, he's a little faster, um, how much faster he can get, I don't know. But I think he's got a shot to make some money. That's not his only thing. He's a very smart dude. He's got like some sort of thing going on with farming and I don't even know how to describe it, but it was the guy's brilliant. I mean, he's going to make millions of dollars whether he's in the NFL or not. And I love to watch, watch that guy play. I wanted to call my boy because he's a Denver Bronco fan, and he did not want Baker Mayfield. He was just laughing at me, calling me a joke, and why would you want this dork? And, but I'm interested to talk to him and to see if he wanted Josie Jewell, because he's a Hawkeye fan as well. So I hope they're happy out there to have him, because they're lucky to have him. Hopefully it works out for him. And then we get into the undrafted guys. We talked about Akram Wadley. Is there there one that you think has a chance to stick more than the others? As Ben Meeman, he's making his way to Kansas City. Uh, what was it? Sean Welsh going to Washington, I believe it was. A few others out there. I, I really think Akron Wadley might have the best chance to stick, though. That, that Tennessee running back spot is actually pretty open. I, I think he's got at least a decent opportunity there. It's never easy to make the team, especially right away, but I think Wadley might have a shot. Anybody jump out to you? No, that, and that's what, you know, I wouldn't have known this, but I, I heard this, like kind of what you, what you were saying. That Tennessee running back position, I mean, there's plenty of room to make that team and to have an impact. So that's, that's fun to see. I just wish he would have gotten stronger through his career so he could block, so he could, he could show toughness. Now, he sh- I'm not saying he didn't show toughness throughout his career, because he did. He just hasn't shown enough toughness. So it's going to be interesting to see Wadley and what he does um, if he's got enough toughness. He's got the quickness. I don't care about his 40 time. He's got the spin moves. He's got the juke. He's got the vision where he slows down, waits for blockers, then cuts, then cuts. I mean, he's got all that. What he doesn't have is toughness. And that's what Coach Ferentz was doing. He was trying to instill that in him, and I think he got it but he got it a little bit too late. So we'll see, Trent. But I think he can, as far as offensive linemen, I have no idea. If you're going to ask me about offensive linemen and breaking that down, I have nothing for you, my friend. Um, no idea who will make what. Um, I told you James Daniels. I thought he was completely overrated. Uh, when everybody was guaranteeing a first round, I said, he's a first round. I've watched all linemen for a long time. I don't think James Daniels is. And he wasn't. But to be honest with you, to be fair, and to show you how wrong I was, I didn't think he would be a second-round draft pick. And now he's going to my Bears. First time since 1990. Are you happy or not happy? Oh, I'm incredibly happy. I am incredibly happy. It's been since 1990 since they drafted a Hawkeye, Wolfgang. 28 so years. Throw, they'll throw him at, will they put it center and then throw somebody else to guard, or will he be at guard, or what, what's going on? Well, they initially said that Whitehair is going to stay at center. Daniels is going to start at guard. I have a feeling, just me personally, that they're going to get to camp, and that will change very quickly. They'll see that Daniels is much better at center. Whitehair is more of a guard, and that'll be flip-flop before they get to the first game. But that's just me. That's what I no, believe. What I love about that, that's unbiased because you're a Bears fan. If it was just a Hawkeye coming to your Bears that stunk, you wouldn't be happy. <laughs> right. You're happy for him coming. So that's a good thing. That, that, shows you're, I mean, that shows you really like him. So that's good. All right. We wrap up here. I'm giving you the open floor. So uh, your boy LeBron... Goes off yesterday, game seven. Now 
It is a shot against the top seed, Toronto. What are we going to see with your fight in LeBron's? All right, if you gave me the open floor, maybe I'm going to ask you a question back. How about that? Okay. So for you idiots in the media, what? would it be better? Why are you calling yeah. me an idiot? Eh, I'm I one just, of the smart I guys. Come on. you people. Yeah, you are, actually. You look at both sides and we'll admit when you're wrong and stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, you, you, are, you are the 1%, my friend. Um, so, I, so I sit here and look at this, and I, I think, do I even want LeBron to make the finals? So will you hold that against LeBron? if he loses in the finals against four Hall of Famers in Golden State. Well, some of the dumb people will. But if he takes this drag of a team and gets them to the finals, that's an accomplishment. Okay. But they get swept by the Warriors or the Rockets, then people, ah, oh, look at that, LeBron. But they see, again, this is, this is your problem listening to morons like Stephen A. and Skip and, and morons like that. Just don't listen to them because they're not smart. Are you on Twitter? Are you on Twitter, Chris? Yes, yes, all the time. I'm not just talking about the, the, the you know, millionaire paid trolls. I'm talking about the regular trolls, like you and I and regular people. Just block them. Just block them. Then you don't have to deal with them. No, I don't. It's a much much more enjoyable experience for you. If it's going (laughs) to get you fired up, then just block them. I like to be fired up. Don't you know? That's true. I like it. I don't want to just walk through life, you know, picking my nose, sucking my thumb. No, I like to be pissed off a little bit. A little bit. And it's fun to watch these people and how wrong they're going to be. He's either going to go down as the first best player or second or third. I mean, he's going to be top third. Top three. Worst of all. And the people that just bash on him and kill him. He's got 45 points yesterday in a game seven. I think the most ever is 47. He got 45, Trent. And he has two games at 45 in game seven. Now, all of a sudden, all this is coming about. He's clutch, Trent. Did you know that? Yeah. I told you that five years ago. <laughs> Where you been? He's had that stat forever. Remember the guy they called, uh, who was the kid from, uh, the guy from Colorado, Billis. what they call him, Clutch Boy, or what was his name? Golly, they, they had a nickname for him basically saying he was Clutch. Big was Shot like Chance. Seven. No, I don't yeah. remember what it was either. There was a five-year span, Trent, where he was the worst in the NBA. Yeah, he was looked at as a bust when he, was, when he started his career in Denver. He no, was no, looked no. At as a bust. I'm talking about after he got that nickname years into the NBA. When everybody said he's big, whatever his name was, Big Shot or whatever, whatever, Clutch Boy or whatever, whatever it was. I'm saying after he got that nickname, there was a five-year span where he was the worst in the NBA. They're calling LeBron the worst Clutch guy, and there was a five-year span where he was number one. They're calling Kobe, Mr. Clutch. I looked up the stats. He was below average. Mr. Big Shot was the name of Chauncey Billups. Yes, it's so much fun now because you can't bloviate and just gas bag anymore because there are stats which makes it so impressive that all these guys that are making millions of dollars on fox on nbc cbs espn that they're able to get this he's not clutch yet the stats show it they're able to still get that out there with all this info it makes us sound stupid us regular people that we buy into oh well he makes a million dollars so i'm just going to believe what he says it's embarrassing politics Religion, sports, whatever. Look it up. Don't just believe somebody to believe somebody. How about that? Woo! You're going deep. You're going deep, and we're going to get out of here. You didn't answer the question, though. So when we talk again on Friday, are your Cavs down 2 nothing to the Raptors? <laughs> um, let's go 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'm with you. All right, get out of here, you goofball. All right, man. You, I'm sweating. Thank you, sir. <laughs>
Bye-bye. Wolfgang checking in with us. We take the break back with more on the other side. Jimmy B joins the fray as we take you up until 6 o'clock tonight. Jimmy B and TC on the Big Talker 1700. Hey, everybody. It's our final segment. Thanks for tuning us in here on a Monday. Trent, I am uh, dialed in tonight just because there's more great playoff activity. And, look, I know we talked a little bit about what we saw yesterday with LeBron James Mm -hmm. and Cleveland winning that dramatic seventh game and everything. But now we get to the second round, and it's Philadelphia-Boston. And I think this has got the potential to be another terrific matchup between these two teams because they both play a similar style. So I'll be dialed into that tonight. Yeah, the hockey doesn't do much for me tonight. It'll be more NBA uh, for me and seeing Boston with what they're dealing with, the continued injuries uh, to that roster. But they're at home, and at home... You just never know. The the echoes, though it's not the old Boston Garden, seem to to ring down from time to time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Philly's just such an entertaining team to watch on top of it. So I'll be locked and loaded there. A little baseball tonight. We got the Cubs in action coming up here in yep. just a couple of minutes against Colorado. My twins get uh, Toronto trying to stop the bleeding there after losing a series <laughs> to the god-awful Cincinnati Reds, Reds over the weekend. Yeah. And uh, yeah, also a uh, real fun one tonight, Yankees in Houston. I, I like that game. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be fun. Sonny Gray has been terrible for the Yankees. He gets the start tonight yeah. against Charlie Martin, who's been really good. And then uh, late night, we'll get Dodgers. Arizona should be really good as the Dodgers continue their slow start. So a little baseball, a little basketball, the hockey. I'm going to take a break from the hockey. It, it was so much fun uh, You watching that Nashville game uh, against oh, Winnipeg last night. Such high-level hockey. Oh, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable how good those two teams are. And the way they pass the puck and, and they, and they go from one end to the other so quickly. There, there's, it, it's, it, it's incredible and fast paced. And that's what you absolutely love. And even in the second overtime, the winning goal was a two on one break. And the guy jukes the goalie from over to the left side, goes past him and flips it in with a backhand on the right. I mean, it was just a, sensational goal and so that series now is deadlocked at 1-1 I will do this though Trent I am going to sample because I'm trying to get on the Las Vegas Golden Knights bandwagon a little bit Mm -hmm. because they because they are an expansion team and this has never been done before so I'll probably tune in a little for Vegas and San Jose uh, the first game, Boston-Tampa Bay, doesn't do that much for me, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. little late-night viewing flip over there if we yeah. get something compelling, and that yep. will be that. Well, that is that for the show today, Jimmy B. You have a good night, all right? Thank you, pal, and we'll be at it bright and early, everybody, again tomorrow, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Jimmy B and TC on the Big Talker 1700.